tell me that tell me it's like the craziest shit you've ever seen. Dude. It's it's pretty fucking cringy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What you think, Schmo? Was that uh, was that the cringe clip of the year? Triple C. Every time the Schmo thinks you can't get any more cringier, again, take that with a grain of salt. You're talking about a guy who dresses up wearing the yellow glasses and dyed his hair platinum. But you just gave Israel Adesanya a bunch of crap. He comes out to that, then you do it. I mean, come on. Cringe is cringe, right? I think I got a better reaction from him. Doom. Anyway, Shimon, let's get this bar rolling because time is money and money is time. What a way to showcase your seriousness to this training, my man. How is training going for you? Yasada coming by again? Yeah, Yasada's already been, I've, I've already been tested four times already, which is, you know, I've been in the pool for a minute now. So, you know, I'm eligible in October and, you know, we're going to pick the right fight. We're going to, we're going to be fighting for gold and, whether that's Volkanovski or uh, you know, or the winner of Al Jalame and uh, T.J. Epo show. There it but, is. But 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 that being said, Shmo, like I'm really taking my time with uh, with everything that I'm doing. Like I'm uh, I'm fatiguing my muscles. I'm uh, I'm really dissecting and kind of staying and working these certain areas that I feel like I really need help on. So I just feel like me like getting better is. Uh, it's, like, it's super cool, man, to be able to see the everyday process of actually learning and dissecting and working on positions and then having your partner kind of coach you through the process of what he's feeling. I think that's how you get better, Schmo. So obviously you're staying in shape in your training, but when does an actual, let's say, training camp start or any type of simulation to what you would get if you were, let's say, a full-time fighter? Yeah, I think as it gets closer, I think we'll we'll know after the TJ fight. We'll know after Volkanovski is, uh, you know, gets his surgery and things of that nature, and we'll just know how is it that the UFC kind of wants to, you know, deal the cards. But uh, right now, I'm like I'm, you know, I'm toning down the enchiladas, the chimichangas, and uh, I'm starting to eat. I'm starting to eat better. I'm just, uh, you know, taking my time with the game because I still want to enjoy myself too. But when the time comes, I'm gonna be firing at all cylinders, schmo. We love to hear it. Now let's start firing on all cylinders. Welcome back to the Triple C and Schmo Show. I'm the Schmo. My partner's got the Olympic gold medal. The champ champ making the comeback, Mr. Henry Cejudo. Let's get this ball rolling, Schmo, because time is money and money is time once again. All right, here's where the Schmo wants to start. This week's gold medal moment, let's go right to USC 277. It's this weekend in Dallas. The Schmo will be there. We got Amanda Nunez, Juliana Pena, two. How do you expect the adjustments to be made from Nunez to rebound from her loss? Uh, for Nunez, she's, it, it, honestly, it has to do with her attitude, her mindset, um, her threshold. Can she last? Can, 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 does she have the ability of not throwing out the kitchen sink and getting emotional? Because I think the first fight she did, she has an ability to just dance around and pop and stick and move. But what happens sometimes, Schmo, is she got on that fist that 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 wildfire with uh with with Chris Cyborg and she was able to knock her on and sometimes people get overconfident but you also have to respect a good chin you got to respect a, a a fighter like Juliana Pena so if I was in 
uh, Amanda Nunes' shoes, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would dance. I would win. I would win the distance game, and I'm because I'm such a better fighter that I would just pick you apart until I start looking for my wrestling things of that nature. So, I think the mindset though is is number one. If she's right in the mind, doesn't allow Juliana to get in her mind. I think, uh, I think she retains her bout again. I think the mindset's the biggest thing. The biggest factor going into this fight because if you look at what was going on with Amanda Nunes during her training camp obviously she exited ATT she had something going on there with the training and look at all the killers she's fought look at all the ways she destroyed people the Misha Tates the Ronda Rouseys the Chris Cyborgs the Schmo doesn't want to assume she got complacent with her training in this fight, but she was able to deal with a lot of distractions. And then Juliana Pena, she was able to establish her jab. When was the last time someone established their jab against Amanda Nunes? They got into a firefight, and was that choke really tight underneath the chin, or did she just give up? A lot of people ask that question. If Amanda Nunes' is mindset is 100% for this fight, you do expect to hear yeah, it's, and it's, new. It's, she, I mean, call it what you want to call it. I mean, she checked out Schmo, and I think she would tell you that. And you can see it by the fact that she stayed in an all-force position, and you don't do that. If you want to be in the fight, go to your back. Like, why stay in these positions? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess everybody wants to say that, but, I, you know, I kind of have to say, like, yeah, she just checked out. But I also think, like, I think Juliana's trash talk really works, and that's something that people need to realize that, the trash talking, if you're able to use it for your favor, like continue it because people don't like it. You, for, with me, Shmoy, I always start the fight before we... St I start the war before I start the fight. Like as soon as my fight gets announced, boom. And I mean the stuff that I'm saying. I'm just, you know, foretelling these dudes what is it that's going to happen and it tends to happen. So kudos to Juliana. If I was in Juliana's shoes, I'd do the exact same thing. I would uh, I would, uh, I would, would ump it up. I would, I would get personal. Because if it worked the first time, it could put it could it could possibly work the second time too. Well, the intriguing thing is the Schmoes been paying attention to the Ultimate Fighter this season, and there's no trash talking between Juliana to Amanda. She's got this calm type of confidence, and you see Amanda Nunes kind of chirping, trying to get inside her head. It's kind of the other way around. So if Juliana wins again, man, what does that mean for her legacy? And with that said, Triple C. Can you see this being the last fight that Nunez has taken before she defends that featherweight strap, which, by the way, still has no rankings in that division, the female featherweight division? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that I thought that division was going to vanish from from what I've heard. I think uh, I think Amanda needs to fight for it, just like I f fought for the flyweight division. If she loses this fight, they may just they may just cut the division, or they may just give her the opportunity. I I'm not sure. I'm just thinking out loud. You know what I'm saying? Shmo call me crazy, but this is the way it is because if there's no rankings, they're not really getting people to 145 pounds, then you know what I mean? They're not growing the division. What does that tell you? At least at least in the flyweight division, like the flyweight's here to stay. You know, she needs to build a storyline, in other words. She needs to win, and she needs. To, it's crucial for Amanda Nunes to win in order for the 145-pound weight division to stay because... You know what I mean? Like, it's like they're not going to want somebody that's losing to a smaller guy with this other division, not even any rankings, but yet she had two belts, you know? Schmo's looking at the bet online odds right now. Amanda Nunes, minus 252. Juliana Pena, the dog, at plus 212. By the way, if Juliana wins this fight, if I'm Juliana, I challenge Amanda Nunes at 145 pounds. Have them do a trilogy, but this time make that third fight at 145. Maybe she can earn her way to becoming champ champ. What do you think about that? 
Oh man, being champ champ is special, dude. It really is. Um, it really is special. So you have the ability. I mean, that's women's MMA. You know, anybody can win at any at any given night. And I heard it from somebody. It's like you almost want to pick the dog when it comes to uh, women's fighting. And, 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 and I heard I saw it on a tweet. It's like I always just pick the dog. And man, sometimes that's kind of like the route I tend to. After hearing this, that's kind of like the route you, you I, I tend to go because sometimes it's pretty unpredictable. But the person that really just brings the fight and brings a dog, and women's MMA typically gets her hand raised. So sounds like some expertise analysis right there from the Olympic gold medalist and the champ champ. Just listen to what some Jamoke says on Twitter. Is that who said it? I don't know. I have no idea who said it. I'm just going by what you said, Triple C. We're rolling with the punches right there. Yeah, you just bet on the dog, man. Bet on the person that's going to bring the fight. Bet on the person that's going to have the resistance. And I think that's what makes Juliana uh, Pena dangerous, man, is the fact that she's a dog, man. She's going she's gonna to fight whether we, whether we believe her right hands and her striking's whack. The girl's going to fight. She's a scrapper, and she, she, she finds a way to win. She'll find a way to win. And this is why people like that are called winners. Love it. Two ultimate warriors going inside the cage, going to be in the middle, going to duke it out with their hands. Love to see it. Let's go on to the silver medal moment. A guy you know well, Brandon Moreno. He's fighting Kai Kara Franz for the interim flyweight title. What are your expectations from this scrap, and who's got the edge? Yeah, the person who has the edge on this is I'm gonna have to give it to uh, I'm gonna have to give it to Brandon Moreno. Still. One, he has a win over against Kai Kara France. He spent some time in there. But then two is like the Kai Kara France. I call him Kai Kara. Kai Karen Crotch. He's, uh, you know, him seeing both of his teammates like become champions yes. and the fact that, dude, that's a motivator. Yeah. yeah, it ain't the real belt, but man, you're going to, if you do beat Brandon Brennan, I was like, dude, that's, you You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, I think inspiration has a lot to do with what Kai Kara France wants. And I tell you what, man, I, I, I doubted him against Askron. I thought Askron was going to beat him. He proved me wrong, you know? And, and I'm good friends with Kai, and I, and I love Kai, and I hope Kai wins. But if Kai could be uh, extremely strategic, he can win this fight. If he can keep it on his feet, um, doesn't doesn't get in caught doesn't caught doesn't doesn't isn't engaged in the fight zone with with Brandon, and if him and his team are able to put some some some, you know some uh, some good game plans together, like he he could win this fight. But I I'm still kind of going Brandon, just for the simple fact of experience. He's done it before, uh, and he's hungry. I think I think Brandon's, <laughs> you know, him leaving as coach in Mexico just means the dedication that he has. So, That's right. But I'm going for Kai Kara France. He left his coach. He's over in James Krause. He's in the Midwest. And James Krause, one of the brightest minds, underrated minds coaching-wise in the game. Uh, glory. And that's where Brandon Reynolds has been doing his camp between Vegas and over there in Missouri. But listen, at the end of the day, what you said, you nailed it on the head. Kai Kara France having Volkanovski and Stylebender as champions, as teammates, that's got to be motivating. Both these guys are not afraid to throw down. Having the taste of gold already for Moreno, wanting that gold back, being on top, having all those obligations. Moreno's got the experience factor, as you said. Both these guys are going to meet. Both these guys are going to bang. You can expect from the 
main event, the co-main event, some fireworks for this pay-per-view fight in Dallas. And who's going to want it more? Who's going to be willing to go it on their shield and give it everything they got? Both guys are going to do it. And who's going to be standing at the end of it? And that's why Triple C, these odds makers, got Moreno minus 190. Kaikar France plus 165. He's the plus favorite. In this situation, when you got two guys willing to do it, if you're a gambling man, Kaikara France might be worth the gamble. Yeah, yeah. I would uh I, I would bet him. I think just the biggest thing because I know Brandon. I think Brandon's gonna go in and try to wrestle him. He's gonna create a flurry with Kai. Kai's gonna have to be patient and really pick his shots. Because I do believe Brandon Brandon's gonna go out there. He's gonna create flurries to take him down. You know what I'm saying? And Brandon's got good takedowns. He got he has good takedowns off the open. And if he does happen to take Kai Kara France's back, Kai Kara France, it's a five-rounder. You lost a round to not fight him in that position because he's really good. It's the same thing I told Davison. Davison, if he takes your back, survive it. Survive it because there's certain guys. The back take, when people fight, it makes it easier for the opponent. But if you're able to stall out and just protect yourself and just say, hey, screw it, I lost a round, that's the tactic that you want to go on. But... I wouldn't sleep on Kai Kara France. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sleep on that Kiwi because he's watching and he's seen both of his teammates become champions, and he wants to be next. If you're Figgy, you brought up his name. Who do you want to win this fight between Brandon and Kai? Um, I would. Uh, Figgy. I would want Kai. I would want Kai because you want new, new blood? blood. Yeah, new blood. He's already been in there with Brandon Brunner. Brandon Brunner didn't want to fight him that third time. He didn't want to give uh, Davis Figueroa that that opportunity, and you know, and he just mentioned to him again because of his former agent that uh, kind of you know, <laughs> told him to do it. But I, I think at the end of the day, I think he wants new blood. I think uh, I think Kai Kara France would be a, a a better matchup for him. Will you be training Figgy when he returns to the United States and getting him ready for the winner of this fight? We're going to. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do his camp, uh, the majority of his camp in Sao Paulo with uh, Charles de Bronx's coach, because uh, the whole family situation. And I, I understand it having a kid. This is why I could never leave for that long. Because to me, it's like, dude, I got a kid. I got a family. Like I know, you know, you you'll slowly start to see your kids grow, and it's just, it's. I imagine it's horrible to see them walk, and then all the, all X, Y, and Z. So I think part of the majority of his camp is to go to Sao Paulo. And then he might he might come down to uh, to AZ and finish off the rest. Over there and shoot a box. Great camp over there in Brazil. Hey. hey! Let's go down to the bronze medal moment right here. We just finished up a fight night in London right there. There's a lot of big takeaways there. Unfortunate with what happened in the main event, though, with Tommy Aspinall tearing up his knee. So it just ended in the first round. Curtis Razorblades gets the TKO because of that situation. But of all the storylines, Triple C, what's your biggest takeaway from UFC London? Uh, the biggest takeaway from UFC London is if you're from the UK, man, you're going to get served some tomato cans. That's my biggest take. Is there someone in particular, a popular <laughs> fighter you're referring to? Oh, all of you from the UK, man, you got the hair, you got all that. They're going to serve you up, man, you know. But uh yeah, honestly this card wasn't that I wasn't I wasn't raving about it, uh Shmo. I wasn't I wasn't there's none of the fights really kinda intrigued me by by any means. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't 
I don't know, man. I just don't think you. I just don't think uh, UFC London kind of delivered for me. Those are just my two cents. I just think there was a lot of decisions, a lot of fights that went the distance. It was the opposite of what happened when the schmo was there in March. No, but, but one guy who makes all the noise is Patty the Batty Pimblet. A lot of comparisons between him and Conor McGregor. You even had Sugar Sean O'Malley do his press conference there. You had Sugar Sean O'Malley wearing that blonde wig. Patty Mania over there. He's the fifth Beatle. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a good job, dude. Like him, but the person that I'm actually really impressed with now is is Molly. I'm not talking about the other mall that we go clubbing with, like uh, the meatballs. Anyways, Molly's that 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 uh that elbow that she's doing is she has a really good timing off of it. And when somebody has a really good timing off of it, if you're able to smother people and get people to go back and press, give them the right distance to pull out and then throw it. That's the second time in a row, and I just let you know, man, like that that thing, she's working on it, she's confident with it, and she can catch anybody with that with that elbow. It's a trip. You say catch anybody, but you let off with them feeding the British fighters tomato cans. The Schmo saw Miranda fear the Maverick call her out. Love to see that matchup, whether they do it at Madison Square Garden or December, because Patty and Molly, it seems like they're a tag team. They're training partners. They come together. They're going to be fighting together a lot moving forward. Maybe they fight it here in Vegas for the pay-per-view in December, or they fight in November, Madison Square Garden, I love to see Miranda Maverick. The schmo saw you recently do a video with Mark Madsen, the Olympian, the teammate, calling out Patty the Batty at the 155-pound weight division. You probably like that fight. It's your teammate. Yeah, he wants to smoke, man. This is listen, man. This is just I'm just promoting my, you know, I just support promoting my friend. If he says this is what he wants to fight. I think Mark Matson is really coming out of his shell because he's starting to see why it is that you got to call people out and not sit in the sidelines. Like not, you can't be that proper uh, Olympian in this in this game. I tried that route; it doesn't work, man. People people will just skip you. You're not sellable, X, Y, and Z. You got to go out there, and you know you got to go out there and have a mouthpiece. So, you know, it's something new for him. But this was I never I I never uh, fed him any of this stuff. He's just like, hey, Henry, help me out here. Hey, I got a message for Patty the Batty, and I think it's a good fight. I think uh, uh, I think, I think, think Mark is fairly new to the UFC. He doesn't have that many fights. I think Patty is more experienced, and I think that would be, be a pretty even fight, if you want my opinion. Well, the Schmo's opinion is that fight's not going to happen. You say it's an even fight, but I favor it to Mark because his wrestling, he gets on top control, and uh, he's just fighting a wrestler. And I think Patty the Batty is in a situation where he kind of kind of picks the types of opponents he wants. The Schmo automatically thought if they are going to go to New York, Madison Square Garden, saw Matt Steamrolla Frivola call him out. He's coming off a win in Anaheim, the pay-per-view, the beginning of the year. And those two would stand and bang. Those two would fight. I feel like if you're Patty the Batty, you want to build him up as much as possible. That's why you're not going to get the straight wrestlers coming in there at yeah. 155 to fight him. And yeah, that one just right. seemed to make more sense. You're right, Schmo. You're 100% right. Well, then the other thing that I would say is Give him Conor McGregor. Give, give him Conor McGregor. I think I think they're both. I think that would be a good fight because they're both not. They both are not necessarily the elite, but they could fight each other. You know what I'm saying? And I think I think Patty would really give Conor McGregor some problems because he's I a scrapper. Love that. But and do you put, think McGregor would make 155? 
Yeah, of course. McGregor's not that big, man. McGregor's McGregor's what is he's like five eight, dude. Like he's not that tall either, dude. Like he's not to he's, me, he's he to me he's not even a big fifty fiver. To me, he's still a featherweight. Like that's how I see him. Yeah, he he's carrying more weight and that's the stuff that's costing him from winning because he's just carrying too much weight. When you carry too much weight, that just equals to fatigue. Go back down to 155, and I even think in the future he should go down to 145 pounds. With all that money that he has, with all the resources that he could have, he still doesn't know how to really formulate and structure the right team in order for, for him to become a world champion. Like, you know what I mean? There are so many smart people out there, and with all that money that he has, he's just not finding the right team to really take him to a whole nother level. And I'm talking about him going down 145 pounds because he could still make it. If you made it once, man, you can make it again. Because, you know, or 55, but 170 is really not his weight, man. Like, that's, that's I agree. ridiculous. He's just bulking up so heavy. I love that idea of him and Patty the Batty. Real quick, the Schmo's big takeaway, though, from UFC London, you just got to tip your hat to him because he's a gamer, gamesmanship, knows how to get the victory. The co-main event, Jack the Joker, Hermanson, obviously it wasn't, the best looking fight there, but strategic wise, he wasn't going to let anybody go in there and take his rankings. He's still a top 10 guy in the middleweight division. You're going to have to take that from him. His striking looked great. He didn't go for the grappling each and every time. Like everyone thought he would just shoot on Curtis Blades, who stuffed 20 takedowns in his last attempt. He didn't do that. He picked him apart from the outside. His kicks were looking good. Jack got the win. That's who the Schmo tips his hat off to, even though it wasn't the most fun, fan friendly fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, experience. That's what it goes. I mean, and I, and I hope that Curtis Blaze can like learn from this stuff and start making Chris like, Curtis. Chris Curtis. I'm sorry, Chris Curtis. So he could because I've seen him fight. He does have good striking. He's probably gonna have to work more on his fakes and feints and setups, his entries because he does he does have Chris Chris striking. But if you don't have good entries, it doesn't matter what you could throw. Because when somebody recognizes the other stuff and they're they're playing the distance game and they're a little more tactical. Like, any, anybody can beat you as good of a striker that you could be. There it is, folks. Triple C. Let's move on. Let's get some bet online predictions for the rest of the fights coming up on UFC 277. The Schmo's very excited for this fight card because it is sneaky loaded. Let's start with this Anthony Lionheart-Smith against Magomed Ankalaev. Arguably a title eliminator fight in the light heavyweight division. Lionheart Smith plus 400 underdog. Nothing new being an underdog, but plus 400. Magomed Ankalaev minus 550. Triple C. What do you like? Oh man, that Ankalaev. I think he's. I think he could. I think he's the future. I think he could be the future light light heavyweight champion of the world. Man, the dude can strike. The dude can wrestle. The dude can submit. He's too well rounded. I just think Anthony Smith has just been around the block a little too much. And you saw Daniel Cormier talk about Alexander Gustafsson. Like, you just got to let it go. You know, there's some guys that have been through war for so long that, man, stick to the commentating. He tends to be really good at that stuff. But I think this matchup here is just it's not good for him. But if he does win, he's going to have to throw the kitchen sink and really take risks in this fight. But if you just try to fight somebody at a pure will, you won't beat a, a, t a technical uh, tactician like... Like Ankalaev. See, the Schmo's been an extreme couture. Watch Ankalaev train. 
He gets in it with Sean Strickland. This guy's a huge body, probably the best grappling you can argue right now in the light heavyweight division. Glover Teixeira might have something to say about that. But Anthony Lionheart-Smith, just want to say this. The Schmo interviewed him after UFC Fight Night Austin. He did the commentating. Then he went to the workout room, started hitting mitts right there at midnight, 1 a.m. He's dedicated. He loves being the underdog. This guy's always counted out, and the schmo doesn't think it's over for him yet. This is the last type of hurrah. We talk about putting money on the dogs, plus 400. Anthony Lionheart Smith's been in there with all of the killers, man. Just remember this. Remember when he's in the title fight with John Bones Jones and John Bones Jones gave him the illegal knee? Anthony Smith could have quit right there and became the light heavyweight champion. But he ain't like that. He goes out on his shield. He goes and fights to the death. He's your favorite fighter's favorite fighter type of type guy. Anthony Leinart Smith at the plus 400 money. This is the time to do it if you're a betting man. That's what the schmo thinks. Alex Perez, Alexander Pantoja, also a title eliminator in the flyweight division. Plus 143 for Perez. Pantoja minus 163. Triple C, you know these flyweights. I do, I do. And I tell you what, man, uh, Pantoja's just too smart. He's just too slick. He's a scrapper. But remember, he's got two wins over, over the former champ, Brandon Moreno. He's good, man. I wouldn't. I would. I would not sleep on him, even though I think uh, Perez has a better shot at beating Pantoja than uh, Smith beating Ankalaev. But ah, man, he, I think Pantoja is just too slick and too solid with this jiu-jitsu game, and uh, he's on a mission. He's on a mission to become champion. So I'm gonna have to go with Pantoja. I would go with that bet. Totally understand that. And the heavyweights, Derek the Black Beast Lewis. Needs a victory against Sergey Pavlovic. Derek Lewis is plus 106, and Sergey's minus 126. And look, Derek's hometown's in Houston. This isn't Houston. This is Dallas. Not the same pressure. What do you think, Triple C? Because plus money in the Black Beast, Schmo likes that. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, Derek Lewis is able to bring back that, uh, you know, that heavy right hand or whatever that may be. If he can bring that stuff back, I mean. He, he a lot of these guys after being knocked out, especially the way he was knocked out by Taito Avasa, you, you do need to see a sports psychologist or talk to somebody who has been knocked out. Or not even a sports psychologist, but somebody who has been there before, who has resurrected from that. Because you can't have that fear that like, no, this is this is how you fight. Yeah, there is a chance, but you're you're high risk, high reward. Just remember that. So I I, I would I if there's any if there's any fight in that whole fight card that I would bet money, I would I would bet money on Derek Lewis. We're talking about the guy with the most knockouts in UFC heavyweight history, Derek the Black Beast Lewis. You like knockouts, you like plus money. This has everything odds wise to go in that type of favor. Triple C, there it is. Another episode of the Triple C and Schmo Show, man. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of good fights coming up. Nate Diaz versus uh, versus Chimaev. You got you got Peter Yan versus Sean O'Malley. You have T.J. Dillashaw versus uh, uh, versus Al Jalame. You have uh, Dariush versus uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Gambolt. Gamrot. Gamrot. I don't know why I'm always. Anyways, I'm a big fan of Gamrot. That's that's the guy that I really want to see fight out of everybody there. 
because he's such a winner, man. And I, I respect a dude like that that just is not necessarily like the sharpest or the cleanest, but just finds a way to win. And I just think that's that's him. And that's what he did against Armand Sarukian. I mean, he did it right then and there. But listen, I wanted to ask you this. You just brought up Sugar Sean O'Malley, Pewter Yan, huge fight. If Sugar Sean O'Malley beats Pewter Yan, he's probably going to be fighting for the title next, Triple C. Yeah, those are stuff that, you know, that's the UFC for you. But I, I don't think he will. I think Peter's too experienced. I think Peter's going to bring the, uh, I think Peter's just going to bring the fight to him to, to a whole nother level. And I don't think Sean's going to be able to withstand his pressure. And, you know, the things that, Peter's not going to play that game with him. He's going to turn it into a fight. And that's where Sean, that's where you're going to see how tough Sean really is. Like, there's no looking at the clock. There's no, it's a big step up. Like, because he's surpassing. Like, he's doing it smart because he knows the UFC, they want to pull him in. But all those other guys in the top 10, those are all bad matches for him. But the guy that could strike, that will strike with them, yeah, it is Peter. So, there's a, there's a person that he could beat, though, it'd probably be him. Love the matchup. Number 13 against number one. You can't give Sean O'Malley crap for just facing tomato cans and easy fights. You got Pewter Jan, Triple C. We're going to get into this stuff a lot more as the weeks get on because September 10th, Chemayev Nate Diaz, we know we're going to be talking about that. But uh, let's wrap this thing up. Make sure you download wherever you get your subscriptions for your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, you name it. We're right there on YouTube. What's your name, Triple C? I am Triple C. Yeah, I said, what's your name, Triple C? He is Triple C. There it is. I am the schmo. <laughs> we always deliver. We are. Ah.